0: if
1: we do it right. You know, if you aim low, you get low. If you aim high, you might hit it.
2: We actually grow our economy through making these changes.
3: By the end of 2007, more than 27 states will have taken comprehensive climate action, setting aggressive targets for reducing greenhouse gases, having a comprehensive and credible plan to achieve those targets, and then putting those into law. That takes time. It takes expertise, but every one of the states that has gone
4: through a deliberative public policy development process has found a way forward that resolves the vast majority of conflicts and creates tremendous economic opportunity. Unfortunately there's a disconnect between what's happening in the states and what's happening in Washington.
5: If ever there was a a challenge that cried out for a robust, strong federal Uh, response, this is it.
3: The entire future of the world depends on what the United States does in the next couple of years. We're home to 5% of the world's population and 25% of the world's greenhouse gases.
4: Tackling this problem requires a partnership between the states and the federal government. All across the country people recognize the urgency, they recognize their responsibility, and they really believe that there's a way forward, and they've been finding that way forward. That story needs to be more clear to our national policy makers.
0: I don't think many people would disagree with the fact that what we're doing is unsustainable uh, environmentally, economically, and from a national security standpoint. But we have a chance to try to make a difference and to do good. When we say things like we want to have 25% of our energy from renewable sources by the year 2025, that's a goal or a strategy, but you also have to make sure that those goals are realized. And that's what we're working on as we speak.
6: Industry, environmental groups, agriculture, academia, there's more than 50 of us meeting weekly at this point. Depending on the day, I sometimes say to friends it's like a life sentence, and uh, sometimes it's more just a really interesting experience.
4: A very big percentage of the emissions that are generated in Minnesota are attributable to transportation. It's always one of the biggest sources, and in many states it's the single biggest source of emissions. Every gallon of gasoline creates almost 20 pounds of carbon dioxide that goes in the atmosphere, so it adds up pretty quickly. Our transportation
6: and land use targets are ambitious. Is it doable? You never know until you get into the trenches. We're looking at a whole range of of options. How many miles people drive, the fuel they use, and can we make cars more efficient? Once we've identified something that should be studied, that might be the speed limit should be 65 instead of 70. Then we go to the consultant, and they calculate the savings in greenhouse gases over 15, 20, 30 years, whatever it is. And we add up those numbers, and we say, oh, you know, we're close to this target, or, uh-oh, we're really a long ways away. These strategies aren't enough. We have to add something else. consensus model. We're supposed to all sort of agree, and we've had some hard hard conversations about what we should do.
4: At the end of the day, a typical climate action plan involves a ballpark of about 50 different actions that cut across all economic sectors.
6: We need to understand that the solution is something that we will have to enact as a group looking at what's best for everybody.
0: We can do this. I know we can do it. States can be laboratories for ideas, and that's a role that we're excited to play. The beauty of a state action is we're smaller than the federal government, and we tend to be at least somewhat less partisan than the Congress is, so we can be a little more nimble. And the public, they're kind of ready to go, at least 70 or 80% of the public is. And in politics, that's a good number. And so it's wonderful. There's a lot of excitement, a lot of energy.
5: It's a real urgent and scary prospect for us to talk about and imagine one foot rise in sea level, let alone two, three, four feet. If we don't do something, uh, the state I
0: love is going to be lost.
5: So we have our, our work cut out for us. We need to set goals, to set deadlines, and to be willing to hold ourselves accountable to one another. Then we have to figure out the best and quickest way to get those reductions. A lot of really smart and knowledgeable people are giving of their time to serve on our Climate Change Commission. They're considering the sorts of uh, policies, regulations, changes that we need to make in order to move towards our goal. It's uh, quite a few meetings, hours and hours, but
0: I'm willing to commit this amount of time because I do see it making a difference. In Maryland, 40% of greenhouse gases come from the heating of homes and businesses. So there's a lot of discussion about how we build our homes and how we fuel our homes and businesses.
4: More energy-efficient buildings could do wonders in Maryland and any other state, and they believe the time is right now to make that happen. Fortunately, there's no shortage of choices here of things that work.
0: It really does get you to think, and to me it's exciting because you see the ideas and things that you're coming up with actually being put in play and being voted on and hopefully adopted.
6: It's really hot here, and it's just going to get hotter. <laughs>
4: Arizona has been one of the most important states in the U.S. in the development of climate policy. It's a conservative state, politically, one of the red states, and a very high-growth state in terms of population economic growth and in terms of the generation of greenhouse gas emissions. In fact, the rate of greenhouse gas emissions growth that is projected by the year 2020 in Arizona is five times that of California. Climate change
2: could impact our ability to have continued growth, our ability to continue to have the high quality of life that we have here. So we created the Climate Change Advisory Group. It really helped lay out for me, uh, uh, you know, all of the things that we needed to do. And the miracle about this effort is that we ended up
6: with um, 49 recommendations and out of those 49 recommendations, 45 of them were unanimous.
4: Bottom line, this group of people found a way to cut pollution and save cash in a really big
2: way. Over the course of the next 5 to 10 years, we think that adopting these climate change recommendations will be a net at least $5.5 billion into the Arizona economy.
4: At the heart of that is the issue of growth. In the next 25 years, we will double the amount of building space in the U.S. So the decisions we're making now about how those buildings are designed and where they are located will have very, very long-lasting effects. Now we're over 6 million
2: now. We'll be double that maybe as soon as 2030. We need to plan for that and build into that planning concepts of smart growth. So we can make decisions now that will really lay infrastructure for the future.
3: This is really about economic opportunity. You make your state more efficient, more competitive. That's good for jobs. Things like putting solar panels on a rooftop, that's not a job you can export to China or India.
2: And when you put it in those terms, people go, aha, that makes sense,
3: I get that. What we're really talking about here is indeed building a 21st century economy using 21st century technologies to take advantage of energy supplies that are abundant and won't run out. Reducing greenhouse gases about one-third by 2020, we could do that with energy efficiency alone. The average American uses 12,000 kilowatt hours per person of electricity per year, and yet in California it's less than 7,000. And that's because over the last 30 years, California has set energy efficiency standards for appliances and buildings, and we've done other things with policies about the way we regulate our utilities to make us the most energy efficient state in the nation. And
1: where previously maybe the cynics would have sort of carried the day, I don't think you're seeing that now. Certainly we're not seeing it in Florida. I think originally some business leaders thought that this was something that wouldn't benefit business, but quite the contrary has been proven. Florida Power and Light's a great example. They had already put in to have a coal plant sited right next to the Everglades. That permit was denied, and what they are now doing is that they will build a solar power plant, spending $2.4 billion to do so. And it's very exciting to me to see, you know, people in the utility industry, in the energy field, um, you know, even in the auto industry. um, They're starting to change minds, and the people want it. The people want it desperately because they understand the importance of it. This is something we have to seize upon, we must address, and we cannot relent.
4: dad's first car was a Model T Ford and the carbon dioxide that came out of his Model T is still up in the atmosphere. It lasts more than a century. And that's typical of greenhouse gases, they're persistent. Once they get up there, they don't go away for a very long period of time. We have to take advantage of the opportunities we have in front of us right now because there's no guarantee that those will be there in the future. The reality is the decisions we make that determine whether or not we're going to solve the problem are largely made at the local level or the state level.
3: There's very few opportunities in political life to really hit a major home run. But something like climate change allows leaders to jump to the head of the class very quickly. The states
4: have demonstrated that they have the power of innovation and consensus building to really find the things that work best back home.
0: Our hope is that we can roll that up into a de facto national approach, either state by state or region by region, and Congress will eventually look at that and say, you know, it's not much of a leap or risk to now have uh, us act because the states have already done it.
2: People want change, and they want us thinking not just of this generation, but generations to come
3: majority of the United States is already at the table, prepared to work with the federal government and build on these building blocks that are already in place.
4: Let's build something that really works, and let's do it now before it's too late.